Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning. We're back. We're back. We've been away for a few weeks. Too maybe long. maybe a month. Literally the longest amount of time I've ever felt passed by. We both got the novel coronavirus at and, the same time. And it was fucked. We didn't enjoy it. We look. We've had a lot of fun in the last four years of this ongoing global pandemic. Mm -hmm. I would not recommend getting COVID-19. I wouldn't recommend getting sick full stop. No, I'd prefer to be healthy and live forever. I like being alive. Well, let's not go nuts here. Well, it means that I can enjoy the fine content of Jojo's Bizarre That's Adventure. true. Only living people can listen to Jojo's World, <laughs> this podcast. I'm, I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast where we like to enjoy a little anime called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that you can only enjoy if you're alive or if you've put on the stone mask mm. and become a vampire. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this episode covers chapters uh, 96 through 98 of the manga. It is episode 23 of Stone Ocean. <gasps> sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, chapters 96 to 98 of the Stone Ocean manga. Oh, I'm aware. Uh, 690 and 692 of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga as a whole. And it is, of course, entitled Jailhouse Lock. Huh. Huh. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's the wrong... That's not quite the... Of course, we're all, we're all, we're the... all well aware of the frequent trans transposition of L and R in Japanese text. Mm -hmm. But what if... They could have just said jailhouse rock anyway. But Nick, it's a lock on the jailhouse. <gasps> oh my god, it's to keep people in. Exactly, or keep people out. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> Man, I only just thought maybe there's like a circumstance where you would use a lock to keep people out. And then I thought, that is literally the reason That's I houses. use a lock. Like 99.99% of the time. But if only there was something like that. Yeah. But like in a jail. Yeah. yeah. Jail house. Oh, right. So it's like a house, but it's... like It's a, a sort of high security house unit. <laughs> a high security house unit? Yeah. Like um, like one of those really like smart houses that then goes you, you crazy. Do, you don't remember the name of the building that we spent the last like six episodes of JoJo's in, do Oh, the you? high security ward or something? House unit. Wait, is the it actually the called? The ultra security house unit. God damn it. It has been a while. Oh god, it's been... And I think I've lost half my memories, so... Yeah, we've both uh, sustained potential viral damage to our central nervous systems and hearts and lungs. Woo! I'm still quite, struggling quite, to breathe. Quite appropriate, given that this episode is about dementia, essentially. And pterograde amnesia. Yeah. Like, it, yep, it's getting a bit close to home. Love that for me. Yikes. Hey, Liam. Hey, Nick. What are you doing here? I'm here to represent the people. In this episode of the podcast, Liam can only record three memories at once. <laughs> and then he returns to the start of the podcast. Let me tell you, Liam, about one memory that I haven't forgotten about, which is that we have a Patreon. A Patreon? Patreon.com slash JoJo's World? The very same. Wow. In fact... People should support us at that. Well, they do. Oh, good. And would you believe that if they do, they get a shout-out on the podcast? No. Do they get anything else? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> uh, not anymore. So, would you believe, Liam? Would you believe people, for some reason... Good keep, reasons. Keep good, giving us the, money. The reasons is our content. That's fair enough, yeah. Yeah, okay, I can get behind that, yeah. But it's still so much money. For me. Wait, and me? But, hang on a minute. <laughs> but... Did you know we've had new people? We've had a whole nother person. Wow. A whole extra 
dollary And it only took taking a month off the podcast. <laughs> Seems that when we die and don't do the podcast, more people support us. They're paying us to stop. <laughs> it's like, literally, we could put... We can't put this evil out in the world. Maybe if we give them money, they'll go away. We could put an empty box here, record the podcast, come back, stop the podcast. Sounds of silence. Nick, who is our patron? Would you believe, Liam? It is Ryan Magoon. Ryan Magoon, one of my top goons. Uh, right behind Uni Goon, which we all drank at uni, of course. I don't. I didn't. I mean, <laughs> I also didn't. Expound on that. Well, everyone that I knew at uni was really like, oh, yeah, gonna get drunk tonight. Is that when you like, used okay. to play Goon of Fortune? Uh, which I believe is when you strapped a goon bag or wine bag, maybe uh-huh. for our international. You know, you get like a, a cheap cask of wine with one of those bags in it, and you take the bag out. Yeah, it's like a cardboard. Colloquially returned to, referred to as a goon bag, mm. and you would strap that to a Hills Hoist washing line uh-huh. uh, and then roulette it around and then whoever it stopped in front of had to drink it. Oh, I just remember when they would duct tape it to people's hands oh, like and you were only allowed to get rid of it once you were done with it. Yeah. Of course, the, uh, the great advantage of the goon bag on a bender is that it can also be filled with air when you're done with it and used as a makeshift pillow. Mm. And perhaps most importantly, the goon bag can become sentient and become... A patron of JoJo's World. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. You beautiful goon bag. <laughs> Why do people give us money? I don't understand. Because it's good content, Nick. You've got to, keep you've got to back them. yourself. That's true. I you've do got enjoy to believe in yourself. Mm. Mm. We do make good content. Nick, you've been playing the Resident Evil series lately because everyone's mm. so excited about Resident Evil 4 too. No, you've got to say it like the guy Resident in Resident Evil 4. No. <laughs> no, you've got to have more gust. You've got to be like, Resident Evil. What are you buying? Like one copy of Resident Evil 4, please. <laughs> And then you like hands it over. It's just, a it's of, just a gun. Got a lot of video games on sale, stranger. Oh my god. This guy has so many video games, he can open up an entire store. Whatever happened to that guy? What, the merchant guy? Yeah. No one fucking knows. Like, literally, he's in the game. It's like, where'd he come from? Like, I don't fucking know. He's just there. He's just a merchant. And then, like, the game ends, and it's like, so what happened? It's like, I don't fucking know. He's just a merchant. Come on. I do love that in um the, the acclaimed DLC separate ways where you play as Ada. Mm-hmm. Um, so normally when you're playing as Leon, you go into like the main kind of tower building and then the merchant's there. But when you're playing as Ada, you have to go that way first. And the merchant is like, oh, well, hello there. I'm actually still setting up. But is, I suppose... is he speaking in a normal voice? No, no, he doesn't say it like, in oh, a okay. vo- it's like all in text. He's like, oh, hello there. I wasn't expecting anyone yet. I haven't even set up my iconic blue flames. <laughs> but I suppose the customer comes first. That rules. So good. So good. What a good video game. Yeah. But I just love the fact that it implies that he's taken them down. Yeah, it's like all kind of a bit. Yeah, and he's like, he's reached there before Leon gets there and set it up before he's gotten there. And it's like, how? How? It's Nick. Amazing. Yes. That's great. I'm really glad you're enjoying the series. Well, I always enjoyed the series. Oh. I've always been a Resident Evil fan. you hadn't played 7 before, had you? No, and now that I am, and I am up to the last bit, and it is... Good. Well, it's fine. Would you describe it as the kick in the pants the franchise needed after 5 and 6? I mean, yeah, more or less, but like the whole last bit where I'm playing is someone else. Leon? No, not Leon. (laughs) Claire? Um, Oh, maybe Claire. Maybe, but especially Leon. 
Um, no, so without spoiling anything, because I'm sure someone out there will get angry if I spoil what happens at the end. Yeah, we would never spoil a thing on this show. Never. So you. So believe- I saw John Wick Four this week. <laughs> and would you believe Lance Reddick? Leon was in it. Oh my God, Leon Scott Kennedy. Yeah. Oh my God. Did Chris show up? No, that would be ridiculous. Oh, okay, all right. What about Jill? Ashley, the president's daughter, was in it. You know what? Okay, so okay, Hang you on. know. Hang on, we've got to keep track of how sidetracked we're getting. You were finishing an anecdote. Yeah, so um, at the end of Seven, you play as... Someone else. And all of your stuff gets taken away, but... Not my stuff. You, you kind of, as far as I can tell, go between two kind of times. So sometimes you'll have stuff and then you come back and you're like oh i haven't got stuff again well this is fine and they start trickling stuff to you again and it's like well i already did this for much longer and in a much more satisfying way so why am i doing this a second time that's a shame i guess you should have just opted for the bad ending and done this act of the game (laughs) i should have just been like is this the canonical ending maybe nick we open in 1988 or maybe seven hitler rises to power again (laughs) No, um, we actually have the sequence we were talking about last episode that I couldn't remember when it occurred in the show, mm. where Dio is uh, enumerating what he needs for his ultimate power ritual that was never mentioned before. Which is literally everything that Pucci explained yeah. the episode before. So first he needs his stand, the world. Which I am confused about, but we'll come back to it, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll come back to it. Uh, and a good friend... A really good friend a who really good isn't friend. interested in sex or power. He's a man of God, not a man of yeah. lust and, and sin. And 36 souls of the worst convicts. So clearly prisoners. Mm-hmm. Because the souls of sinners have tremendous energy. And he also needs 14 words. So, so question. Yeah. He specifically... Oh, hello. He Nick spe- has the hiccups. Great. He specifically says 36 souls of convicts. At least. Because the souls of sinners, which is a different word, have tremendous power or something. Yeah, but they were the worst convicts. Have impressive vibes. The worst convicts, Nick. The terriblest. The The kinds you might find in a sort of maximum security house unit. Mm. The ones that would be eaten up, gobbled, if you will, by a tree. Yeah. That would produce a a baby. That's right. And then he's like, and then I need 14 words. And he he says he's etched them onto his stand. Don't know how that works. And don't know why Araki made that decision, given we've seen the world from a lot of angles and it didn't have any text on it. Yeah, I was going to ask if we've seen any words on the world before. No. Yeah. Uh, and then and he like, says, so this is like clearly a, a, a different way that could, it could have gone were Dio still around. Mm-hmm. Um, he also says he would let go of his stand just once and as it's decaying, it would gather the energy from the souls and give birth to something new. And the camera shows us the green baby. <gasps> the very same baby that gobbled up those prisoners. Yeah, kind from of. the trees. <laughs> the baby will be curious about the 14 words spoken by the trusted friend. My friend will... <laughs> My, it's just the line of dialogue. It's so weird. My friend will find me trustworthy and he will consider me his friend. I mean... Dio just wants a friend. I mean, to be fair, Liam, are we friends? No, we're colleagues. Do you find me trustworthy? And finally, the element that I didn't reveal last episode mm-hmm. is uh, then Dio, or as actually happens, Father Pucci, mm-hmm. needs to go to the location... Uh, north latitude, 28 degrees, 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. West longitude... 80 degrees, 36 minutes. Now, 
I know some things about longitude and latitude. Okay. So that's like way north and way like on the on the planet. It's like it's that's on correct, that, Nick. It's on that ring. It's somewhere there. And yet, kind of incorrect, given how things go. Huh? <laughs> um. So maybe it's Florida. I mean, that seems like a reasonable guess, given we're in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And then wait for the new moon. So like time for heaven, new moon, new priest. Yeah. Like uh, we immediately see Poochie walk out of the prison. He's had a glow up. He's he's become Jojo. Um, he's, like, his face has taken on some of the traits of the Bebe. Has it? Yeah, it's, like, around his eyes. He's got those little, oh, yeah, um... true. Like, eyelash growths. Mm. And his facial hair has become much more elaborate and, like, formed a star on his forehead. And, like, geometric lines around his eyes and cheekbones. Oh, God, I didn't even notice the star on his forehead. Uh, and the back of him now has hair like ponytails coming out from his neck. And I don't know if I'm remembering... Just remembering his colour scheme from one of the video games... But I feel like maybe his clothes have changed colour too. Yeah, they're more blue. Were they were more of a purple they were. previously? Now they're blue and... A blue or dark black or more of a black. Yeah, kind of. Well, that was always black, but it's more Was it? The, okay. I think it's the blue highlights that are getting me. Oh, okay. I thought it might have been... Um, no, I think you might be right, actually. I thought he might have been wearing a purple with a, with a gold cross rather than uh, the black. But I, I may be misremembering. I think you might be right, though. But crucially, his hair is just... So he's got streaks throughout the top of his hair. Like, as if someone has, like, shaved lines into it. Yeah. And then... Like a good barber. Yep. Um, there's clearly a break where he's got no hair on the back of his neck, but then coming out the bottom of the back of his neck, just above his shoulder blades, is sort of three tufts, like, almost ponytail-like, stick, which there are ports in his uh, habit. Do, his habit? Would a priest wear habits, or...? Wait, what the hell's a habit? Like, no, that's nuns. Nuns wear habits. What the hell's a habit? Nick, I'm asking you to use context clues here. Yeah, but like, what? This is just like a jacket. He's taken away his his what religious gay priests coat called. Ah, I swear, if it just comes up with, it's usually a called... cassock. Oh. oh, that's worn by Roman Catholic people. Oh, that's no, their white shawl, I think. Hmm. Vestment. His vestments. Yes, that's what we're going for. Through the top of his vest. Anyway, yes, came. there are three like standalone mighty, white ponytails, and also he's got the Joe Star birthmark now, which is strange. Which the baby, of course, had. Yes. But what does that mean? What are the implications, Nick? Have they melded together? Has one eaten the other one? We did see the baby begin to eat Poochie, and he's leaving. He's just leaving the prison, and the priests are like. Hey, father, you've grown your hair out. Not commenting on the other crazy changes to his face and eyes. Uh, and then... And weird... like, wow, you didn't have that long hair yesterday when I saw you, father. And then, weird line of dialogue. When was the last time you visited the motherland? Mainland. The mainland. mainland. Oh, okay. It's, it's a quite a normal line of right. dialogue, actually. I thought, I thought they said motherland, and I was like... Comrade Pucci, what? when are you returning to the motherland? It's time to activate your sleeper code phrase. Here are the 14 words. <laughs> Rhinoceros beetle. New uh, moon. New revolution. <laughs> And he's leaving the prison. He's like, I've got no use for this prison anymore. I've done some shit. <laughs> so he just walks out. Yep. And he's, he's he gone. stands in the beautiful Florida sunlight. It, he, it feels like his clothes are tighter now. It just, it feels like they're I tighter. I mean, he's a Jojo character. They're always tight. They're always, but this Toit. feels tighter, you know? Meanwhile, in prison, Jolene's been thrown back in the disciplinary wing again. Again. And it's super high security on account of all those prisoners who died in the high security zone. So Emporio 
little baseball boy with his ghost room powers is, is having trouble sneaking around. He's still got his baseball, but... Um, this is the highest maximum security measure ever! Everyone has guns! Hey, Jolene, can you hear me? Jolene, can you hear me? The priest isn't on this island anymore. Oh no, the priest is gone. And then uh, Jolene's all like, it's really fucking boring in here. Jolene's so bored in solitary that she gave herself a belly button piercing. How? I mean, she does have a stand, actually. It's got a thread-based stand that can maybe do some piercing. We literally see later in this very same episode, it piercing I don't know where she got the ring from, though. She always had the ring, but she's a JoJo's character. (laughs) If they want to make a new piercing, they've got the ring already. So, Jolene is like, Emporio, have you contacted the Speedwagon Foundation? I can't. It's too too high security. But I've got the disc. Great, well I'm going to break out of prison. No, Jolene, you can't break out of prison. It's too scary. No one's ever done it before. Well, I'm going to do it. You can't do it. But Jolene, I'm so scared to break out of prison. You see, I was born in the darkness. (laughs) I didn't see light until I was a man. Yeah. Maria, you're not a man. Exactly. <laughs> so I've never been outdoors. That's why I fetishize baseball to such a high degree. Oh shit. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> so Jolene's like, shut up Emporio, I'm gonna go break out of this motherfucking prison. Yeah. As she's to do, with attitude. Yeah. So then Emporio leaves and she's like, okay, time to break out of prison. Wait, someone's coming. So then some motherfucker. Some motherfucker. Wearing like. Fuck it. Fucking fishnets. Quote unquote fishnets. Quote unquote fishnets. They got like polka dot holes in them. With like ratty ass blonde hair. Big fur coat. Uh, weird intestine looking hair strands. Well, I was going to say coat pattern, but with like eyeballs hanging off the bottom. Her coat is like a mutilated Muppet. Yeah, I was going to say it looks like the alien things that are like... Yeah, that's... I love how I did, I, I made the gesture of like my hand talking yeah. as if no other Muppets possibly. <laughs> I know what you mean though. <laughs> and um, her, her skirt says delicious on the ass. Oh, damn. Uh, and next to her is her stand, which looks like a uh, sort of an, an, an anatomical figure. It looks like something out of like, you know when they're going to like do plastic surgery on you and they get the... The texture and they mark up like it dotted lines like and yeah. kind of here and it's got that all over it. I was gonna say it looks like uh, something from Magic the Gathering's Phyrexia, where it's couldn't all, tell you. It's all super smooth and yet somehow grotesque. And it's got pockets. Ooh. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, I thought that was like muscle and. I mean, stuff. it's just patterning, but it looks yeah. like pockets. It looks like something out of Hellraiser. It looks a bit like Jinzo from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes, it looks exactly like Jinzo, except not black. But the brain is definitely exposed. Yes. Oh, it's got such a massive brain. So this motherfucker in her stand walks up and is like, hey, don't try and leave the prison because I'll stop you. And Jolene's like, I'm going to try and leave the prison. And then Mumu's all like, oh yeah, Mumu's all like putting mascara on. <laughs> I'm pretty, is that putting mascara on or is that um, trimming the, the eyebrow? Um, Hi, welcome, <laughs> welcome to, to Makeup Boys. Two 30 something year old white men talk about makeup, women's makeup, because we're experts in the field. It's an eyelash curler. Ah, okay. She's curling her eyelashes. She can't be allowed to do that in a prison? No. God. 
Maybe it's a metaphor. Like, what do you think her deal is? Um, I think sh- maybe she's just kind of a dick. Um, <laughs> In JoJo's? No. Yeah. So she has a very, like, holier-than-thou energy, but very, like, I want to control... I mean, she spends the rest of the episode, like, gaslighting Jolene, right? Exactly. Well, I mean... With her standard, but also with regular pranks. Yeah. So um, she, she just kind of has the vibe of someone who's like, yeah, I control you now. Uh I'm I'm the one who gets to decide how this prison is run. Master manipulator. Exactly. That's why uh, her stand has such a big brain. It's also worth mentioning that her stand's hands end in blades. Ooh, big flaps, but sharp. So Jolene goes to punch through the bars, but then the stand is in the bars. <gasps> and she goes to do it again. And then suddenly she's in her cell. Back with Gwess. Oh. Oh, okay. I'm I'm here now. Gwess is Gwess is holding a book of crosswords like she's reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise it was a fucking crossword. What the <laughs> And like in this sequence, like Jolene takes her pen and all that, but just like at and we don't know how long this has been going for, to be yeah. fair. But she is just sitting on the top bunk of their cell, just reading this crossword book. What, what I love about this is that A, Araki must have made this a thing in the manga, where it's like Oh, she's got her book. What could it be? Oh, I know, crosswords. But clearly never thought it through. What gets me is that the anime then decided, okay, she has a book. What it's kind of crosswords. Book it? It's crosswords. That still makes sense. You know what? We'll roll with In it. In the midst of the Sudoku boom of the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, man, it's so unrealistic. So, Jolene is having brain problems. She's got memento disease. Memento disease. Yeah. She's she, been mementoed. Which we know is the Christopher Nolan classic made in 2001. Now, I haven't seen it, but from what I understand, it's what? got similar thing where Guy like has no memories and writes messages to himself on himself. Yeah, so literally it's the same. Okay. Um, Does he also have um, inability to form new memories? Or yes. rather, can he form three memories precisely? It's basically like he... Um, he doesn't remember anything. Okay, so, he doesn't, so, so Jolene's got three up on him. Yeah, so like the the film is like two timelines. One's moving forward, one's moving back. And so at the... Quote, oh, um, like Tenet. Uh, no, because Tenet is like... I haven't it's a, seen it. It's like a linear story. It's just that time diagenically like is different. Uh, no, because... Like Jumper. No. Like Fast 8, Fate of the Furious. More like that. Uh, no, but it's like at the start of the film, you're actually in the middle of the film and at the start of the film. I can see that the poster for the film is a series of nested Polaroids representing nested memories. Yeah, so basically he has no idea who anyone is at any given time. He can remember like his ex-wife because obviously it's like burned into his brain, but he's tattooed all over because he's trying to find, I think, who killed his wife maybe? Um... It's based yeah. on a short story by Jonathan Nolan entitled Memento Mori, oh. which is a Latin phrase meaning remember that you have to die. Ooh! Whereas Jolene has to remember that she has to kill Mew Mew. Ironically, it, it's, yeah, someone else has to die in Memento as well, which is very weird. In the story, a man named Earl has anterograde amnesia, which I suppose not to be confused with retrograde amnesia. Now, what is the difference between anterograde and retrograde? Well, anterograde, I, I'm... I'm 
putting this together from half-remembered memories of <laughs> undergraduate psychology and also context clues. Yeah. But um, anterograde amnesia would be the inability to form new memories. Okay. And retrograde amnesia would it's be, I got hit on the head by a coconut and now yeah. I don't know who I am. Yeah. Cast away. No, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, got, really... I got hit on the head by a coconut and now I think this volleyball's a guy. <laughs> and it's retrograde it's amnesia. Retrograde amnesia. <laughs> I would love if they were just like, so then we have... And when you just remember reliving the same day over and over again, that's Groundhog Day Damnesia. <laughs> Groundhog Day... Damnesia? Groundhog Day Amnesia. Why is it Groundhog Day... Like retrograde. Oh, okay. Right. Gotcha. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Jolene is mementoing in that she can't remember more than three things because if she gets distracted... The memories aren't forming. Yeah, so she can, so re- she can, she can remember three things at once, and in the her fourth thing, memory. the fourth thing replaces the. F- okay, um, imagine four balls on the edge of a cliff. Okay, Wait, imagine three balls on the edge of it. This is a very niche meme <laughs> reference, but I'm going to go through it because it okay. actually suits this situation better than trying to explain time travel, which was the original application of this metaphor. Okay, can in I- the terrible, something awful project game that never got off the ground, Zyborn Clock. <laughs> Can I? No. Damn. Okay, no, you can. can. Okay, so imagine there's three bears trying to invade your home. <laughs> imagine there's three <laughs> bowls of porridge on the edge of a cliff. And you One are... memory is too hot. <laughs> and then you're presented with a fourth bowl. No, imagine there are three balls on the edge of a cliff. Okay. The cliff has space for three balls. Yeah. If you add a new ball, it pushes off the one that's closest to the edge of the cliff. Yeah, and you're holding a basket of balls and constantly putting more balls... Yeah. But unfortunately, they get getting pushed off because there's only room for three Time balls. travel works the same way. This is such a niche reference. And what are you doing, Liam? Imagine if... Do, I, do, I, do you want info? Do you want some contextual info I on Zyborn Clock? Imagine you have three something awful references that you can fit into okay. one podcast. We've got the killer zip line uh, or rip slash RIP line. Wait, is this part of the same reference? No, this okay. is another something awfully. Okay. You've got Grover House. Yep. And you've got the Doom Bathroom. Okay, now imagine you're, you've only got an hour to fit in those three references, right? And your, your game plan going into the podcast is, I'm going to get those three references. But then you remember, maybe from like two years ago, another reference. Well, now there's only room for three references. Oh, no. So one of those three things has got to go. And obviously it's the first one because, you know, the second two, you you were on fire. You were starting to remember. Oh, yeah, you know, well, actually, I remember that. But I don't remember the first one. What was I? What was that first one I was going to do? The Zyborn Clock is an abandoned game project proposed by members of the Something Awful forums. The concept as well as the storyline was mocked incessantly by members of the forum <laughs> since the idea was posted. Is this like the Dragon MMO levels of... Like, hey, I've got a great game idea and everyone going, don't do this. Not really, no. Okay. Um, Defining characteristics include um, this balls on the edge of a cliff metaphor, um, the character of Johnny Five Aces. Wait, wait, wait. The balls on the cliff is a game, like, it's just a game mechanic. No, it's a metaphor that the game employed. Okay, what the fuck? Okay, keep going. The character of Johnny Five Aces, who you might remember from his cameo appearance as a corpse in Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sure. What's linking any of this together? Like what? the Zyborn clock. But what? What is? Okay. What's the point of the game? Like I assume it was like an RPG or adventure game or something. But I assume there was like a reason behind. These are just memorable elements that people made fun of. Okay. All people right. wanted to make a game. They didn't have the budget or time. Yeah. Yeah. 
okay. they were here's mocked a, Here's incessantly. an AMA from Reddit. Okay. I was the lead level designer of the Zyborn clock. Oh, wait. So this was actually get, gonna get made. No. I was supposed to be lead. By lead, I mean only level designer. And the game was going to be used the RPG Maker XP engine. Oh, As the project no. fell through in less than a month after getting started, I never right. actually got to design new levels. The drama, however, was ridiculous. Though I was not directly involved in said drama, as that was all on the creators slash writers. But I do remember a few tidbits. Edit. The reason I even made this is because I started playing Fallout New Vegas and got the Easter egg. Interesting. Wait, so there was drama? Yes. Mm. Question from Sweet Tea and Whiskey. This game was about sending a clock back in time or something, right? And the response, tell you the truth, I don't even know where to, what was going on. I still don't understand the four balls on a cliff theory. I always thought time travel games are very hard to do and have to be done carefully. Most of the story that is out now was leaked after the fact. They kept it all closely guarded unless you were one of the writers. I just knew that the clock itself was actually a city that floated midair in the middle of the ocean and was all supposed to have a very steampunk feel to it. Ah, so they were making Legacy of Kane Bioshock, uh weird cliff metaphor i'm googling imagine four balls on the edge of a cliff oh and it's taken me the first result was the fallout new vegas page wiki page for this cameo okay um johnny five aces yes Mm -hmm. johnny is found dead on the cliffside overlooking good spring source provided the player has the wild westland trait Hmm. Behind the scenes. Johnny is a nod to the character Johnny Five Aces from the Zyborn Clock, an abandoned game project proposed and mocked incessantly by members of the Something Awful forums. Wait, so this character... The reference was implemented by Josh Sawyer, aka Rope Kid. Mm-hmm. The following is a quote the main developer of the Zyborn Clock used to describe the project, which explains the placement of the balls in-game. When the object enters the time stream, time begins to correct itself. Let me use this example. Imagine four balls on the edge of a cliff. Say a direct copy of the ball nearest the cliff is sent back, sent to the back of the line of balls and takes the first place of the first ball. Mm-hmm. The formerly first ball becomes the second, the second becomes the third, and the fourth falls off the cliff. Time works the same way. Wait, what? Wait, what? And in this context, memory works the same way. Uh, wait, what the- what? <laughs> So, so the fourth ball is is being moved, or is it a copy of that ball? Yeah. Okay. All right. For a second, I thought he just meant. So imagine this ball is getting moved to here. So now you still only have four balls, and that's that's how juggling works. Interesting. Very interesting. Now imagine four chainsaws on the edge of a cliff. Um. While we've taken this um uncharacteristic diversion from the episode recap. Let's uh-huh. talk about Mew Mew and Jailhouse Rock. Hell yeah. Jailhouse Lock, sorry. Sorry. No, I'm apologising. Oh, sorry. No! <laughs> Jojo Valley commentary for Jailhouse Lock is as follows. Memories were a common theme in entertainment at the time. And this stand went with the trend. It has a humanoid design that emphasises the brain, and since it doesn't fight in Malay combat... Despite having on, blades grammar here. And since it doesn't fight in melee combat, so I guess that's why it doesn't have hands to punch with. Wait. Okay, okay, hang <laughs> Do on. Do you want me to say that last sentence again? No, no, no. Are they blades or are they just, like, flaps? They're blade-shaped. So they're, like, fins. Maybe. So if you were to get, like, hit with it, it would be like a... It could still slap you. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that's good. they're good slappers, but they're not good punches. No. Hmm. <laughs> they got no weight to them. They're just, like... Real pat on the back appendages. Jailhouse Lock's namesake is Jailhouse Rock by <gasps> Elvis Presley. Oh my god. Any fun trivia about Jailhouse Rock? What do you know about this song, Nick? Uh, I know that it's all like, Jailhouse Rock, 
That, that's all I got. Yep, we're doing the Jailhouse Rock. Look, we're going to Jailhouse Rock tonight, children. Some of the characters named in the song are real people. Shifty Henry was a well-known Los Angeles musician, not a criminal. Huh. The Purple Gang was a real mob. Wait, what? As in, like, an actual real criminal mob? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, Elvis. No wonder he died. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon, Lee? I mean, no. <laughs> Number 67 on Rolling Stone's list of the top 500 greatest songs of all time. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah? I wouldn't put it up there. It peaked at number three in Australia. Number three? Yeah, on the charts. We reckon it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Oh, how'd it do? Yeah, it was number three on <laughs> the charts. Was it early in his career that he made it? Looks like it. How young is he? Oh, damn, he's real young. Damn. Elvis Presley, a.k.a. the king of rock and roll... Yeah, I'm sure he was. ...was uh, a nobleman from the 21st, the 20th century. Tell me, what fiefdom did he own? Rock and roll. Hmm. And what duchies did he control? Is it duchy or dookie? I, I actually don't know. Okay, me neither. But I, I always thought we call it duchy because we're like new fancy English. Ooh. With your ch sounds. Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah. Although it would make a lot more sense to call them Dukies because Dukes. Because Dukes got him. Yeah. Dukes got him. Hey, Duke. You got him. <laughs> and you know who Elvis is. Um, Jailhouse Locks stand user. Mm hmm. Mew Mew. Mew Mew, aka. A shiny Pokemon. Miuchia Mueller. Wait, what? Miuchia Mueller? Miuchia Mueller. Mueller. Huh. Mueller. It's named after both. Um, Michia Prada, the Italian fashion designer, oh. and the subsidiary brand of Prada, Mew Mew. Wait, wait, wait. So Mew Mew is named after Muccia Prada and Mew Mew. Yes, which is named after Michia Prada. Which has a subsidiary company, Mew Mew, which Mew Mew is named after. Yes. Who is also named after Muccia Prada, but they have a subsidiary. Nick, you can only remember three facts about these names at a time. Go. I'm pretty sure there is only three <laughs> yeah. facts right now, which is Mew Mew is named after Prada, which has a subsidiary company named Mew Mew, who Mew Mew is named after. But yes. they're named after Prada. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we will start with Michio Prada and then work inward. Okay. An Italian billionaire fashion designer yeah. and the founder of Prada yeah. and the founder of its subsidiary, Mew Mew. Yeah, I don't like it. So is it, is Muccia Prada spelled like M-I-U something something? C-C-I-A. Ah. The youngest granddaughter of Mario Prada took over the family owned luxury goods manufacturer in 1978. Oh. Her business philosophy uh, is that she deliberately avoids merging high art with fashion, saying, art is for expressing ideas and expressing a vision. My job is to sell. A true capitalist. Wow. Imagine, like, like just imagine coming to anyone these days and being all like, look, art's about expressing yourself and, like, really trying to put yourself in the work. Don't do that. Make it sell. <laughs> like, but... But isn't, aren't we designing things? Oh, we absolutely are. Make it sell. Don't make it artistic. <laughs> That's like going to a museum and being I think they're like, known for like their le luxury leather goods. Yeah, I think I'd... I actually don't know if I know anyone Yeah, like a Prada bag. That's a yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't know if I know anyone who's ever bought a Prada bag. I know people who've bought like Louis Vuitton bags. Wow. But I don't know about Prada. Maybe that's how high-end it is. Uh, she's married to Patrizio Bertelli, a businessman. They have two sons. Yeah. The eldest is rally driver Lorenzo Bertelli. Hmm. 
Uh, she's a collector of contemporary art and owns several artworks by young British artists. Interesting that she's allowed to own art yeah. and yet. Oh, and this is a baffling sentence of this Wikipedia page. Okay. Over several years, Prada acted as a godmother to a Luna Rossa boat nine times. Wh- what? Godmother to a boat. Wait, what do you mean a boat? To a Luna Rossa boat. Wait, wait, I thought her name was Luna Rossa boat. No. No, wait, wait, wait. Luna Rossa Prada Pirelli, originally named Prada Challenge, then Luna Rossa Challenge, an Italian sailboat racing syndicate, first created to compete for the 2000 America's Cup. And she has acted as godmother to a boat nine times. That makes a bit more sense then. Does it? I'll say yes. Because at the very least... A total of nine boats have been built for the America's Cup. Wait, didn't you say that she did it ten times? Nine times. Okay, all right. So each I can boat... do it. I can do it nine times. <laughs> so each boat gets a godmother, but she's and just it's been... her. It's, it's going to be her every single time. Yep. Interesting. Hmm. That's... Hmm. And there is, of course, the signature segment of JoJo's World Part 6 Stone Ocean, Wardrobe Malfaction. Yes! In early 2014, Prada was put under investigation as part of a tax avoidance probe by Milan prosecutors. By 2016, both paid more than 400 million euros to settle their tax positions. Imagine having Billionaire and tax cheat Michia Prada was the founder of the Miu Miu subsidiary brand. <laughs> oh god, okay. Which has its own controversies page. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so so what what does Miu Miu do? Like, what, why are they a subsidiary and not just Prada? I mean, that's brands, you know. Yeah, but like, what, what, how are they different? The f- name was conceived from her nickname, publicly launched in 1993 with a cowgirl-themed collection of fringed suede jackets and patchwork prairie skirts. Mm, sounds awfully artistic. By 2005, Prada worked on distinguishing Miu Miu by setting up a separate showroom for the brand in an Art Nouveau villa that served as Prada's first Milan headquarters. Hmm, this is also sounding awfully artistic. <laughs> and they launched their first fragrance in 2015. R- does, does Prada not also do fragrances? Unclear. Hmm, okay. Controversies. Oh, that's, that's a big chunk. March 14, 2013. Reported a, a counter-report of Prada in violating women's rights was reported to the Office of the United Nations High Commission for Human Rights Committee on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights. You'll love to hear it. On May 17, 2013, a statement against sexual harassment and gender discrimination at workplace was released by the UN Committee. In April 2013, an American Change.org petition against Mutia Prada collected over 200,000 signatures around the world. The petition was against Mutia Prada for countersuing a fired employee for making false statements or voicing her opinion against sexual harassment. This petition damaged the brand image. The UN has backed a former Prada employee over the sexual harassment and discrimination case of Prada Japan. Hmm. Quote from the employee Bovris. Anyone who buys from the Prada and Mumu brands are supporting a culture of discrimination and power harassment. In 2015, the UK Advertising Standards Authority banned a double-page Mumu ad that ran in British Vogue after receiving a complaint that the image looked as if a child had been dressed as an adult in a sexually suggestive pose. Whoa. That's one malfactored wardrobe. Jesus Christ, okay. Jolene's having a bad time with her memories. She keeps looking at her hands and it's like, find Mew Mew. You can only remember three things. And I'm, I'm looking at my hands as I say this, as if I am reading. Yeah, you find Emporio. You're doing a memento. Yeah. You're like I'm looking at your body. memento. Yeah, you've written things on you and you're like, don't trust him. And you're like, oh. And the rest of the episode is basically this. Literally her forgetting everything. And freaking out Gwess. And the sad... Dear sweet innocent Gwess. <laughs> so Gwess is like 
Okay, so I guess to fast She's forward, not engaging. Yeah, she's just like nodding when Jolene's like, have I already asked you these questions? She's like, mm-hmm. Have I asked you this question? She's like, mm-hmm. Can you give me a pen? And she's like holding her book up in front of her face. Because she's just like, I just want to... I'm vaguely that. threatened by Jolene. Yeah. And Jolene's like, wait, but I can't remember why I started talking to you, Gwess. Have I asked you any questions before? Gwess reaches into Jolene's pocket and pulls out a note from the doctor, or a note that refers to the doctor. Mm. Jolene, the prison doctor has diagnosed you with temporary amnesia brought on by a great shock you received while in the hole. <gasps> And then explains the memories thing and explains that since it won't affect, affect her life as a prisoner, she was released back to the female wing two days ago. Now, two whole days of asking Gwess where her pen is. Now, I'm no psychologist, but yeah. I did do a psych degree. Surely having anterograde amnesia would prohibit one from being a normal prisoner. I mean, she's still just being a prisoner, I guess. But like, she's walking around not knowing what she's doing half the time, yep. right? And that's this episode. She sees that a note on her hand is that the stand user's name is Mew Mew, asks uh, Gwess to describe Mew Mew, and then Gwess tells her that Mew Mew just walked past. Jolene walks outside, immediately forgets why she went out there, looks at Mew Mew, is like, who's that? She's got her fishnets, yeah. ratty blonde hair. And it does this thing with the animation, which, like, to me, feels like a really good visual representation of, like, cognitive decline oh, yeah. where the memories are like composed of dots and like disperse and it's like super fuzzy and super vague yeah. and it's like okay i remember emporio and i remember he came to me and then there were some bars and something else but it's not there i don't know what's going on Mew tells jolene that she was gonna go get some lunch so she tries to go and get a bento box but she doesn't have her lunch ticket so she is rebuffed by cafeteria lady yeah recurring cafeteria lady who I'm sure was given a name, but we can't remember. Oh, and there's a brief diversion to um, Hermes pouring one out for FF. Yeah, literally, like, grabbing a glass of water, pouring it out the window, being like, here's to you, bottoms up. Yep. And Emporio explains what happened in the hold, and yeah. it's all very sad and meaningful. But it's literally about a minute long. Jolene returns to her cell to get her ticket, forgets why she went in there, and starts eating Gwess's lunch. And then Gwess is like, what the fuck are you doing? You ate my cheesy penne, the best bit. And she's like, oh, I'll just go get you a new lunch. And Gwess is like, no, 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 don't worry, I'll, I'll get the lunch, just give so me a So Gwess ticket. goes ahead, Jolene does follow and sees Gwess arguing with the lunch lady. And then we cut to Jolene sitting down at the cafeteria table eating more cheesy penne. <laughs> she's like, oh. Why was I here again? Why do I always feel like I'm eating the same thing? Um, and then she looks at her arm. She's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can't be eating this lunch. I have to... Well, no, at this point, Gwes... Uh, sorry, uh, Mew Mew comes and sits down with her. And is like, ugh, I stepped on a cockroach. She's like, wait a minute. Do I know you? I feel like I should know you. Gwes is just, yeah, is just torturing Jolene for no reason here. She... Stamps her Scrapes foot. the cockroach off her foot. Mm-hmm mushes it in with Jolene's food, then before Jolene instantly kicks the crap out of her, like she would, mm-hmm. puts three things over it so that Jolene can no longer remember it's there. Mustard, ketchup, ketchup and dressing. And then mixes it all in, and then Jolene eats it. Because she can't remember that uh, it was stepped in. Yep. And then Gwess spills her drink on Jolene's hand and uses that as an excuse to wipe away all of her notes. And so pretty much all the notes are gone. But she's still like, oh wait, there's a reason I'm here. There's, there's something I need to remember. So she uses like the last fragments of her memories of that encounter to 
get stone free to sew um, find Emporio into her arm. And then the other, the only note that uh, the only. Um, pen notes that Mimu left was he can only remember three things. Yeah. So she knows he can only remember three things and find Emporio. Uh, Mimu walks off arrogantly. Yep. Meanwhile, Emporio is repeatedly electrocuting himself. So I think the process goes. He's like, oh no, the power's shorting out because I because I, I, I spilled, spilled my, my water. water. One. Power's shorting out. Two. I need to find Jolene. Three. Oh no, I need to. Hang on, I've got it here. But then it's like, because of the first two, it's like, oh, but in order to do that, I need yeah. to... Memory one, I spilled my water. Okay, spilled water. Memory two, I need to unplug the power. Uh, because the water and the power... Memory three, the power is shorting. <gasps> the power's shorting. Memory four, I can't leave the room to go see Jolene. Oh, no. Whoop. <sighs> Only three memories now. And then he keeps, keeps electrocuting himself in that loop. That's, that's vicious. It's a vicious cycle. It, it is. This is why I think that maybe someone with anterograde amnesia shouldn't be treated like a normal <laughs> maybe person. Maybe so. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like, I really can't emphasize enough how long the whole sequence of Jolene wandering around aimlessly takes. <laughs> it's, it's harrowing. Like, it makes you remember, oh, fuck, memory problems are bad. Yeah. Like, they're not good. Uh, and so then uh, Mew Mew is like, go see Emporio. Is that what I read on their arm? I should go make sure that kid is uh, getting electrocuted or something. <laughs> Uh, and Jolene's just kind of like walking through the halls being like, it's only two things I need to remember. And we see that Emporio is like, I need to find Jolene to tell her. And then we see on her, his computer is a big photo of Mew Mew. <gasps> oh my God. And a bunch of like notes, like sticky Post-its, notes written on it. Yeah. yeah. And that's to be continued. Yeah. So Nick. Yeah. What are our highlights and lowlights for this episode? My highlight is going to, <laughs> I don't want to say it's Emporio electrocuting himself. Damn, if it's not a good cycle. Um, I want to say my highlight is when Mew Mew rubs off everything. Because, like, we're in Memento, basically. Yeah. But the whole crux of that film is that he's tattooed all this information onto him. So that he can... Oh, he's prison-breaked himself. Yeah, exactly. So that he can look in the mirror and be like, oh, I can still piece it together and it's never going to get wiped off. Yeah. This is kind of interesting because Mew Mew literally wiped everything off. How does he do the tattoos if he can't remember? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if he does it himself or if he had someone else do it for him, but like it's on his body. So concepts. Um, but I just, I like the fact that Mimi rubs it all off. Cause it's like, Oh shit. It's back to one, square one. Yeah. Her one thing of memory. How many times has she already done this? Well, for two days, you know, that's a long time. That's unless a lot it's of cockroaches been, doing. Yeah. Unless it's been longer and the note just says two days. Ah, we don't know. I guess. We literally don't know. It's been a hundred years. Jolene, it's like that, the um, that episode of Doctor Who where he keeps doing the time loop. But at the end of the time loop, if he does well, he can punch a big crystal wall. Oh, and over the right. course of billions of years, he wears it away. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Okay. Yeah, if Jolene manages to punch Mew Mew over the course of a billion years. <laughs> but just like once. Every Each time. time her black eye gets slightly bigger. <laughs> you would think Mew Mew would... Not be in the same position every time, but it's required to make the loop work. We'll get, be, get back to that in a sec. My highlight is uh, scared Gwes with a crossword <laughs> book. It's like immediately you're like, something's not right here. Yeah. You're just like, Gwes, why are you just hiding? Like, why are you holding him in front of your face? Why are you just chilling there? Low lights. Look, this one's a bit tricky, but I want to say the opening where we first meet Mew Mew, because it's like, why was her stand in the bars? Like, it's just after realising, oh, it's a memory thing. Like, why was it in the bar? I guess that's how it infects you. Like, maybe, but 
it's just, it's odd. It's very odd to me that it's like, okay, so that, it's like Polnareff going back down the stairs, right? Like, when you realise what the power is, you go, but why, but what? No, that works. That's internally consistent. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, but it's just like, okay, so he had to lift him and put him back down the stairs. Yeah. This is like, okay, but why did it have to be in the bars? Like, couldn't it just touch her or something? Like, it was just a bit, of a bit of a strange one. My low light is I feel like the learning about the amnesia sequence was too long. But this maybe could have been one episode. Mm. But it does make you feel like you're losing your mind. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it does make you feel like you're losing your conscious memories with all the didn't, flair. Wait, didn't I already see this? With all the flair of a young Haven't I already teenager. explained this? What? This, this memory thing? Yeah. What, what memory thing? Imagine there's four balls. (laughs) So, Nick. Yes. Father Pucci has left the prison to go to a particular latitude and longitude before the new moon. Yeah, and he has a new birthmark, a new look, a new style. Jolene is getting mementoed by Mew Mew and Mm. wants to leave Green Dolphin Street Prison. Mm. Emporio is too scared, but he has to find Jolene. And he keeps electrocuting himself. Weather Report has shut himself up in his room for some reason. He's just too depressed. And Hermes and Anasui are in the infirmary. Mm. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean, in the episode entitled Jailbreak, with an ellipsis. What? Jailbreak. Ellipsis. Mm. Jailbreak. Ellipsis. I feel like we've said this before. <laughs> um, huh. So maybe it's like a two-parter, because ellipses, where it's like jailbreak dot dot dot, and then the very next one is... But we know it's already a two-parter because of this episode. No, no, I mean, like, it'll be, like, jailbreak dot dot dot, and then the next one will... Like, on Netflix, it'll be, like, part one, part two. It's not. Okay. They put they put those in the episode titles. Oh, okay. Um, maybe it'll be... So, my initial thought is that they're not going to get out of jail for, like, another seven episodes <laughs> okay. or something. Because it's, like, that is the central place that we are in. And I can already tell that it's going to take so fucking long for them to find it. I will just say, plan. for contextual information, this mm. um, next episode is the final episode of the second batch of Netflix released episodes. Well, this changes everything. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's. Um, so obviously, we have to figure out the memory thing. We've got to figure out these memories. We've got to figure out. How many of them can I have at once? We've got to figure out getting out of jail. Yep. And we've got to figure out Father Pucci. So, if you could approach those for me in sequential order. Alright. The memory thing. Jolene said she only needs two pieces of information. Find Emporio. Find Emporio. Can remember three things. Can remember three things. Nothing else matters. She just needs those two things in order for anything else to happen. Yes. Or so she says right now. Mm -hmm. I reckon um, she will... Go find Emporio. I have no idea how she will find him because it looked like Emporio was in the weird... He was in his little ghost room. Yeah, the uh, the the place betwixt. Yeah. Um, he was in the hunter's dream. <laughs> and I don't know how Jolene's going to get there if Emporio doesn't open up like a door or something to get there. But maybe she'll find like this open door. Or maybe she can just go in. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like in the back it's, it's unclear. It's vague. Yeah, she, she like back rooms it, you know? Yeah. Oh my god, that's what his power is. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, so she goes and finds him, is all like, stop electrocuting yourself. Like literally kicks him away rather than like lifting him away Mm -hmm. like any decent person. Um, And then he'll be like, oh, you're here. Why are you here? Who are you? Or something, right? It'll be like, Jolene, you're here. But why? 
I don't understand what's going on. She's like, I don't know what's going on, but I need to find you. It's like, why? But if there's two of know. them, then they have six effective memories to work with. Six slots, which will be three of the same things because yeah. they're both remembering <laughs> the same things. So it might just be they'll look around and eventually piece together. Oh, oh there she is. Let's get her. There's someone. Why do I have to find them? You know what would be a real JoJo way of approaching this? Hmm. Like, real Jotaro way, really. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know who it is, so I'm just going to beat down everyone I see until I... I mean, I feel like Mumu would notice and just leave. Yeah, well, and the fact that they're in a prison with all the guards makes it difficult. Yeah. True, true. But that's what Jotaro would do. WWJD. It's what would... But that's still what would Jolene do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I think she'll have to find Emporio get Baseball Boy's opinion on what's going on, piece together from inside that room. Yeah, and is that computer picture? That's the computer picture, but I think they'll be like, but why is this picture here? I can only remember three things. <gasps> what if it's a stand power? Um, or something to that effect. Yeah. And how they defeat her? Uh, well, obviously they'll just punch her. Okay, that tracks. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be interesting if it's like, the, the stand is inside them, so they have to like purge it out or something. Oh, cool. Which would be interesting, rather than just being like, I touch you and the gift is so done. So Emporio has to go into the room inside Jolene and <gasps> kill. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, um, okay, and so then after that, jailbreak. Jailbreak, so... So I want to know, A, how do you think they're getting out? Mm-hmm. B, who's getting out? I reckon, well, Jolene has to get yep. out. No doubt, no doubt. Emporio... Was born in the darkness. <sighs> I reckon he... I'm so what? scared, Jolie. Yeah, I, reckon I he... could never leave the prison that I hate. I literally reckon he will not leave because he'll be like, it's futile for me to leave. My place is here. I'm a ghost. Yeah, or something like that. Anasui will want to leave, but will just be like, I'll find you later. And she'll be like, please don't. On the beach. <laughs> um, so he won't leave. Hermes will come with. Gwes will stay. Yeah. Um, Whether... Re- Report will come with, I think. But I don't know what's going on with Weather Report right He's now. He's got amnesia. Well, I don't know if he does. Like, I think he might just be sitting in there being like... He was introduced as having amnesia. Oh. Remember? He's got... He's got retrograde right amnesia. Oh, but he does... Oh my god, what if he has retrograde and... Um, anterograde as well now? He's got full amnesia. He's fully amnesiac. The Dark Descent. Um, yeah. So I think he'll be coming with, in terms of how they're going to do it. Do we it, have any other friends? No, Foo Fighters is dead. Yeah, um, Foo Fighters is dead, yeah. Um, <laughs> what about Charlotte? Please don't remind me that Charlotte exists again. <laughs> Just any time you bring up Charlotte, I think of the warden, I'm like, oh God, oh Jesus, it's too much. It's like, it's just, it's just such a visceral shape. Okay, so how are they getting out? So they're obviously going to dive her down. Of course. Of course. But the thing is, everyone's like, you can't escape. It's never been done. Except that it was done earlier in in this exact same show where she got to the uh, the edge where the Speedwagon Foundation were. Or like the ocean. Yeah, they brought a submarine. Yeah, yeah, they brought a submarine. So she could have just left. So she's already broken out once. But she didn't leave. But she, she never escaped. Leave. Because her dad was slowly drowning. Mm. So maybe, maybe they'll literally go out the front door this time. Instead of trying to go out the back and take the bayou out, they'll, like, steal a car and just drive out the front. Okay. Um, and where's Poochie going and what's he doing? Okay, so Longitude 
24 degrees or whatever it is. The, the one that's Do you like, want me to pull it up? Yeah, I do. I do want to know where that is because it feels like it could be in America, but it, America feels too... Like, Florida feels too low, you know? It feels too low to be um, whatever it was. Like, 28 or fucking 24. Making some bold claims when you can't even remember the number. <laughs> North latitude, 28 degrees, 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. West longitude, 80 degrees, 36 minutes. Maybe it is in Florida. Okay, so somewhere in Florida, maybe there's like a um, like a shrine or something. Sure, that, that yeah. Poochie, Some sort of vampire shrine. Yeah, that Poochie has been cultivating over time. And being like, Dio. Big old what, statue of Dio. What if it's now no longer Poochie? It's, it's the baby. It's the Dio. Oh my God. What, what if Dio has now... Because Dio already took over a body of Jonathan. I mean, the body specifically. Yeah. Now what if... Like liquid snake. So like a vampire is like a virus, and if you've got any vampire bones in you, yeah. the vampire's persona will consume you. Yeah. So now, what if, like liquid snake to revolver ocelot, we have eaten Poochie's hand and then grafted ourselves onto yeah, so where he's the like, hand um, would be? What is he? He's his father Dio. <laughs> his father Dio. God, so intimidating. <laughs> his father God, big Papa God. Oh my God. Um, I mean, I mean, what if, right? What if? So maybe he's heading to somewhere in Florida to Poochie be like, Brando. where's my old stuff that Poochie's been holding on to? <laughs> where's my shit? Yeah, like literally like, okay, so I remember these coordinates as like somewhere that I know will be safe. And it's like some underground catacombs or something. Remember this? In Florida. These coordinates were given to us in the context of this stand ritual. Yeah. But then it's like, what happens? Like, what? Like, attaining heaven then just becomes, well, what, what the fuck is the deal then? Yeah, Nick, that's the question. Hmm. Attaining heaven at those coordinates. Localized entirely inside the state of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my current guess is that Dio's going to come back. That's my current guess. What if I were to purchase a green baby and disguise it as my own son? <laughs> Jolene walks in. The hell are you doing here, Father Pucci? Ah, just uh, stretching, stretching my cross. Um, yeah, so so my guess would just be that Dio's gonna come back via some weird like new moon shit where sure he's gonna bloodborne himself. Exactly. So maybe Pucci will then be dead because he had no desire for anything but. But he's a he's a pure friend who respects Dio's friendship and would give his life for him. Exactly. But like then. But what? then okay. So my question for you is. Why would Dio be planning to do this when he's still alive back in time? Why would Dio be planning to do this? Why was this his plan that he enumerated at the start of the episode when at the time he was alive? Mm. Well, I reckon it must just be like a backup plan, right? Like he must have said, I know they're coming for me. I'm pretty sure I'm going to win. But if I don't... But he talked about his surrendering his stand to do it. So he had an alternate plan to do it for when he was alive. And this doesn't... This is obviously a non-canonical... Um, diversion, mm. but I will just say, of course, that the plot of the PS4 fighting game, Judge's Bizarre Adventure: Eyes of Heaven, yeah. uh, evolves. The, the main villain of that is a Dio who has successfully completed this ritual. Yeah. Um. I mean, it wouldn't just be like Dio has found a way to clone himself to make another Dio. Like, surely that wouldn't be so it. that he can fight and/or fall in love with it. Yeah, but maybe it's. Maybe it's not just him being a vampire. Maybe it's like, I can now walk in the sun because of this ritual. Ah, uh, classic like, vampire motivation. Yeah, exactly. So, like, maybe it's like, I've gotten rid of all the weaknesses. He's attained, I've attained heaven. I can walk in God's light. Oh, 
Maybe. He's basically doing cars from part two. Mm. But the other thing is, isn't heaven canonically a place in JoJo's? Well, I mean, all those souls are going somewhere, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> um, fuck, I literally don't know. Well, we'll find out next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part six, Stone Ocean, in the episode entitled Jailbreak. But until then, to, to be, be continued. continued.